Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools, and techniques upcoming in use today. My name's Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. And today I wanted to talk about software releases and deployments. A special note, since this is coming out on Christmas, although it wasn't on purpose, it just kind of landed on that day. So happy holidays. I hope everyone's having a wonderful end of the year and celebrations. And nothing quite says holidays like talking about deployments and software releases. So to kind of get right into it, what is a release? Um, And conversely, what's a deployment? Well, a deployment is, they're not the same. Although, generally speaking, you have a deployment within a release, uh, but not necessarily. But basically, you know, in talking about software, you know, websites, you know, that kind of uh, context, you know, a deployment is usually some sort of code that is being uh, put out on a server somewhere. So the reason that generally it's kind of um, separated from a software release is because, you know, you can deploy the software out to, say, you know, a staging or a development server. Even just a single commit that ends up deployed somewhere, you know, as a deployment. Uh, Generally, when you talk about a software release, you know, it's a a larger set of things that you're needing to do. And it's usually a targeted set of updates that's generally meant to go to production. And it usually encompasses a specific set of fixes or feature updates, um, usually with a certain goal in mind. So you can kind of see that they play into each other, but a software release is more or less just more structured. It's not just a single deployment. Though, depending on how you structure, you know, your your whole um, architecture and process, you know, and there's no reason a deployment couldn't be a release. You know, every time I deploy a commit, I could deploy it to production. Um, you know, that might not be the best idea, depending on what you're doing, but uh, in reality, you can do that. There's no hard and fast rules against any of it. Uh, and most of the process that has been built around this is really just to help protect, you know, your environment from, you know, having an errant release or, you know, errant bit of code uh, take down services or affect services to some degree. So what are kind of the release strategies? Um, well, there's, there's kind of the testing, I'm not, and I don't want to go too far into actual testing software. That's a whole nother, you know, set of things we could talk about, but it does kind of tie in a little bit into the release strategies. But, you know, when you're talking like testing strategies, the two that kind of come to mind ahead of time um, that you can also kind of tie into as a normal release strategy process are something called canary releases. And what, what this really means is that you know, say you have five servers. I'm going to update the application on just one of them. So a certain subset of my users are basically seeing, you know, a, a different app, you know, a different version of my application. So I can monitor, monitor that more heavily or watch it. Um, 
generally speaking, kind of keep a close eye on it and just see how it's working and how it's functioning. Uh, another one that kind of comes to mind, well, and kind of like Canary, but different, um, is A-B testing. And usually this is kind of talked about in the context of marketing, um, but it, it kind of works here. Uh, and I've seen it used for this. Uh, but basically it's testing a specific feature oftentimes. You know, so say I've changed the button functionality or I've changed a, a, maybe a flow of a process slightly differently in the application and I want to test that. So I kind of release to a subset of users one version and then kind of see how that compares to another. But in this case, it's really watching more for, you know, what are my specific goals, you know, to to accomplish? Does it fix the problem? Does it convert people more? You know, that kind of thing. So all those kind of beforehand, usually, though the Canary releases can kind of tie into your technical deployments a bit because you can use a Canary and then move into a different type. But the three kind of release strategies that come to mind are, you know, what are called blue-green deployments, um, which I also look at as atomic deploys. Um, I, I know they're little bit difference, you know, amongst, you know, kind of how you look at, but basically the same idea. Um, and uh, Highlander, which I'd never actually heard this term until I started looking around, but basically the traditional way to uh, uh, deploy stuff, and then rolling deployments. So blue-green deployments uh, tend to be kind of looked at as more the, the I don't want I don't know if better is the way to approach it because everything's different, but it does seem like the safer one in some ways, uh, which is basically I have a set, say I have 10 servers, and five of them are used, you know, in production at any given time. But my other five are also completely production ready. They're just running a different version. So when it comes time to kind of release the software, all I do is just switch all of my traffic from going to this first set to the second set. And that way you don't see any downtime. Um, you're not seeing any, uh, you know, like, oh, your software's updating, a maintenance message or anything like that. You just kind of switch over. And then you can monitor that switch over and see, oh, on these servers, the traffic went up or down or there's an error or something happened, um, something to that degree. And the reason I said it kind of atomic deploys uh, is similar is because the way I've seen atomic deploys used and I've used in the past is basically you, you're you switching a, a link. So, I, you know, I do a lot of WordPress development, and one of the ways I was looking at this, um, I've seen some use, and I'm experimenting with myself because I really like the idea, is that if you, say, deploy a theme update, WordPress is actually going to your theme via a link, and then that link is um, connected to a specific version of your theme. So when you're ready to uh, deploy the next version, instead of incrementally updating the files, you just switch the link to the new version of the software. That way, in the background, you can deploy all of the updates and everything without deploying over top of your running application which I've seen have problems before where 
you know, someone's accessing the page as you're deploying. And, you know, if you aren't like taking the whole thing down while you're doing it, then you could see some problems. So it's a nice way to kind of just switch over instantly and conversely switch back if you have a problem. Uh, the, the Highlander way of doing it, and it's a great name, um, but basically it's a traditional way, which is send the updates to all the servers and go from there. There's no real, it's not so much a strategy as just, I'm updating the software, so here you go, servers. And the downsides with that generally are that, you know, if someone's accessing the site while it's going on, um, maybe your app has to have downtime, uh, maybe now the, the updates take longer than anticipated, so things don't go as well, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, the other one that I've seen a lot, I've done occasionally, mostly with server updates, but it's rolling deployments. So you just kind of take turns and upgrade each server. Uh, and it all depends on the application. You know, if you've got an application that can sustain having multiple versions and that's not going to affect it, then this is fine. Um, you know, it's a nice, safe way to kind of incrementally do this. I do this with WordPress updates across sites. I don't do them all at once. I kind of do in batches and just make sure everything is working and no unforeseen changes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so after having kind of talked about the release strategies and all that, you know, the other things that kind of come up, you know, are, are documentation. Well, the three things I look at are documentation, monitoring, and then kind of with the documentation, release notes. So with the documentation, you know, this will generally and help inform your release notes or kind of, hey, what have you done? Um, but a lot of times the documentation is kind of internal. So what what have you learned while doing this set of feature updates? Um, what is he in, you know, internally? What's the structure of them? What things have gone wrong? How are they linked to different bug fixes, um, version change, you know, setups? Uh, have you changed any system or process level uh, aspects of it and the thing about that is that you might not reference that kind of stuff in say a release note but it's really important for anyone either in your organization replicating you know what's been done but also diagnosing a problem when it goes wrong and you know the subject of documentation is a tough one um, something I've certainly been trying to master for many many years and I always err on the side of more than less but you can also spend a ton of time writing things um, and you don't always get done with things as you want to uh, but basically you know the the core idea to keep in mind is what what's at least the minimum that someone walking into your you know software deployment would have to do to get up and running uh, maybe you don't document every sort of decision or minutia that you know has gone on but you know, certainly how are the systems and the processes tied together? Um, what are like the really important things to know about the code? Uh, how do you get your environment up and running real quick so that you can actively start uh, working committing? That's one that surprisingly doesn't seem to be well documented in a lot of places, um, but it's really important. Like what if my computer dies or what if I have someone new coming on and they need to do the same stuff? Well, how do I get them set up so they can, one, you know, work on the code, uh, deploy to the servers I need, um, do all the tasks that you need to do. So it's something to keep in mind that 
that needs to be kind of woven in with your documentation. Um, and if you have a software release that affects that kind of stuff, then you know you need to make sure that it's called out and noted. You know, more importantly, with this is kind of monitoring. Um, so, say you've pushed out, you know, new releases of software. It's up and running in production. How do you actually know it's working or doing what you want? Um, every piece of software and organization is different. You know, if this is kind of internal to you, then you know you'll know right away. Um, man, this is taking way too long to you know load or something to that effect. Um, if you have something that is you know customer facing, which most of this would pertain to, uh, you know, are you watching your instant management system, uh, social media? Uh, I see Intercom is uh, a regularly used uh, chat client for the site, um, for your app sometimes I've seen people use. Um, so how are you watching this? Are you seeing an increase of, you know, support requests or, hey, you know, things are going a little slower or, man, every once in a while something errors out. Um, you know, how are you watching that? And, and we we'll kind of call this early life support, you know, so I've just pushed out a release. Well, for the next 48, you know, 72 hours, I'm going to keep a pretty close eye on it just to make sure that it's working constantly, kind of kicking the tires, making sure it's doing what you expect it to do, making sure it's working for your clients. Because no matter how much you test internally, oftentimes it will change in production because you have so many different types of browser combinations, network combinations, you know, all of the above. And it really can really tax your application, so you need to keep a close eye on it. Um, you know, and in regards to like the early life support, if you happen to be working on an application that you're within physical proximity of the customer, well, maybe it's worthwhile to have support personnel be there on hand. Uh, you know, having that friendly face. Uh, you know, or even with social media, which can kind of accomplish the same thing in some ways, but. Maybe push out, hey, we just pushed this release. You know, please keep a close eye and let us know if you see any issues. Uh, you know, we're, we're watching. We want to make sure it works for you. You know, get the customer involved, and then that can really help. Uh, other metrics to actually watch is, you know, what's the performance? Uh, oftentimes, problems that come up are load times for, you know, customers for your application, because that's the most visible right in front of them or like database loads i've seen that a lot you know where all of a sudden your database is just the response time it's way down because maybe a query isn't optimized the way you need it to be or you know something to that effect but really watch for specific spikes and then compare to that same time period with the prior release and just see if there's patterns or things aren't working you know and same with the logs to watch, make sure that if you have error logging, that you are watching it, that you're keeping an eye on, you're looking for an increase of normal, you know, from normal errors, so hopefully you don't have too many. Um, you know, that kind of idea. So there is a lot that goes into software release and, you know, deployments and that kind of stuff. And this is just kind of an overview of the things that come up. But at a base level, if you can kind of structure what you're doing with those ideas in mind, 
you can kind of find a happy medium of what works for you. You know, enough documentation so you know what you've done. You know, what are you monitoring? What are the metrics you're looking for to make sure it's working well? You know, how are you deploying out to your servers to make sure that, you know, you're not affecting people as it's going and can quickly revert if you need to? You know, those are the kind of things to keep in mind. And if you can kind of structure a process around that, you know, I think that you you can go a long way to avoiding some of the pain that you might find as a, with a lot of ad hoc development. So finally, have a happy holiday. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, this has been a great year for me in terms of, you know, doing this first time I've ever done a podcast. So this I made it through episode 13. So I'm very happy to say that uh, I was able to, and it looks like uh, 14 actually hits on the first of the year. So I I am very happy to be doing this, and I hope that you know those of you that listen out there are finding some enjoyment from it. Uh, I'm always open to suggestions and anything you'd like to hear about. So follow this podcast on Twitter at bitvbyte and Facebook at slash bitvbyte, and let me know what you do for your deployments and release uh, management on Twitter and Facebook or anywhere really. So thank you for listening, and uh, I hope us join. Hope you join us in the new year.